2: The last calendar year for the Calgary Flames has been a bit of a roller coaster. Today is not a
3: good day for me. Stanley Cup playoffs start tonight, and uh, we're not playing.
2: Welcome back to our Western Canadian season preview tour on Frankly Speaking, presented by Betway. If you're going to place a bet, bet on Betway, Ontario only. Nineteen plus. Please play responsibly. Where do we start with the Calgary Flames? Are you- just about everything that could go wrong last season did.
1: Exciting day for the, uh, the Blue Jackets organization. That goes without saying, and I can't emphasize that enough. But to uh, get a
4: player of this caliber is going to make us instantly better.
2: With Gaudreau taking his talents to Columbus the Flames got right to work on another key piece to the organization.
1: Meanwhile, on the ice, the Florida Panthers made a big splash last night, acquiring 24-year-old forward Matthew Kachuk from the Calgary Flames. Jonathan Huberto is part of that hall headed north of the border.
2: Flames general manager Brad Living was able to attain Florida's top scorer and one of their top blue liners in exchange for Matthew Kachuk, who forced his way out of town.
5: Without further ado, Matthew Kachuk.
3: Hi guys, how are you? This is the most media I've this is, whoever said there's not a lot of media down in Florida is lying to I me. Mean, so. There was a
2: palpable tension in training camp, and even a 5-1 and start was not good enough for demanding coach Daryl Sutter.
1: Calgary Flames defeat the Penguins 4-1, handing Pittsburgh their second consecutive loss in a row.
2: But on October 29th, things began to crumble after a 5-2 loss to the hated Edmonton Oilers.
0: Uberdale left the bench for a little bit in the first period. Were you able to say what it was? I
6: think he'd go take a shot.
2: Huberto actually left the ice because he tweaked something in his lower body, but this was the beginning of a seven game skip.
0: The Bruins remain red hot. The Flames stay ice cold. Boston has now won nine of their last 10 games. On the flip side, the Flames have lost
2: seven straight, a final score. A team Nazem Kadri spoke on frankly speaking about Calgary not playing as a team. You know if we start playing as a team, which I definitely think we're uh, more than capable of. It was clear to everyone watching from afar that Daryl Sutter had lost the Flames room throughout the season. One of the biggest sticking points was when he refused to play talented first round pick Jacob Peltier. Then after prodding from teammates and the front office, Peltier saw just six minutes and fifty seconds of ice time on January twenty first. And when Sutter was asked about Peltier's debut, he looked at the game sheet and said flippantly, What number is he? What do you think of Peltier's debut?
6: Jacob Peltier. What number is he? Forty nine. Forty nine. Six minutes, 35 seconds, 13 shifts. Average 30 seconds a shift, got 43 seconds in the power play. Played five minutes, 52 seconds. Had one shot, goal, and one hit. Beyond yeah, the stats.
7: Just from being on the bench and seeing what
6: the veterans on the team are doing. It's NHL. 21 years old. Got a long ways to go.
2: The flame season was falling apart before our eyes. They'd go on to miss the playoffs with 17 overtime losses, a collective 893 save percentage, and a 60-point drop-off from Jonathan Huberto, who one year prior was an all-star on the left wing. And yet, through all of that, they only missed the Stanley Cup playoffs by two points. Change was coming, but not without a fight.
0: Brad Treliving, general manager of the Calgary Flames, the team announcing by way of a press release moments ago that they, the team, and Treliving mutually agreed to part ways.
2: Brad Treliving parted ways with the club in April after not receiving permission to move on from Sutter. That happened anyway once new president Don Maloney made it clear that multiple players, the fabric and core of the team, said they would no longer play for Sutter.
3: As you do at the end of every season, you do a thorough review of your season. I I interviewed 25 players, coaches, coaching staff, training staff, spoke to prominent agents who represent key players on our team. And uh, it became clear to me that we needed a new voice uh, to guide us forward.
2: A few weeks later, the team promoted assistant GM Craig Conroy as the eighth general manager in Flames history, and after an extensive search, Conroy would hire assistant coach Ryan Huska, someone who had seen it all, as the team's new head coach.
5: He's put his time in, he's done everything he could. the only thing he hasn't gotten is a chance to be an NHL head coach and now he is so uh, with that I'd like to introduce the new head coach of the Calgary Flames Ryan Huska
2: with last season behind them the Flames have no plans on looking backward on this episode you'll hear from new head coach Ryan Huska and GM Craig Conroy talk about some of the changes they've made and their messaging to the team The mood around the Calgary Flames is light and airy. Guys are smiling again. They're slamming their sticks on the boards, celebrating goals in practice. It's a totally different feel around the Calgary Flames. And you can definitely sense a change in the mood of Jonathan Huberto. You'll hear from him in a minute. But first, we hear from newly minted captain Michael Backlund. Michael, congratulations are in order. The newest captain of the Calgary Flames... Does it feel real? Is it sinking in? <laughs> what What are
6: your emotions like? Yeah, no, it's slowly sinking in. Uh, it's pretty surreal. Uh, I think it'll be really feel real once I put the jersey on and the home opener is going to be really special. So it's uh, it was a great day yesterday. And yeah, I'm excited waking up today. It's first day as a captain and it uh, feels really good. Probably a,
2: a couple years overdue, but wanted to ask you about the extension and really, first off, how much Craig Conroy might have been working on you all summer to do that
6: yeah we talked a little bit early in the summer when i was here in calgary we had a couple of meetings in person before i went to sweden and then we saw each other again in nashville the awards and the draft there and uh, after that things kind of settled down and the market was pretty quiet and you know that's when we kind of realized you know we're coming back to calgary and really focused on that and we're really excited to come back and just say we'll see what happens and once we got back here it was me reaching out to Connie saying you know what we made a decision that we would like to stay
2: well, it's a big decision. You're at a, an interesting time in your career coming off of a career year. And also, what was a disappointing season for the team? You want a chance to win. This has also been home. What, like, what put it over the top for you to say, I'm sure this is the place I want to be?
6: Well, I think we have a really good team here. Last year was a tough year and everyone knows that. And all the players here knows it too. And we all want to show that we're better. So you know, if you put aside that I want to win. It's so hard to pick a team nowadays who's going to win such a tough league. So when we put that aside, what do I want to accomplish in my career? And where do we want to live? Uh, Where do we want to raise our kids? And we just felt like Canada and Calgary is our home. This is where we want to be. You know, I can't really control if I'm going to win next year. So, you know, we felt... This is our home this is where we want to live we have a great life here the kids love it here they were born here we want them to grow up here in calgary and you know like i believe in our group even though last year was a tough year i still think we have a really good team and i like uh Hus coming in as head coach I have some history with him and play with connie so just a lot of history with a new gm and coach and i just felt like this is too hard to say no to and having a chance to be potentially a captain which i am now but at the time just the potential to be captain and potential to play a thousand games which for one franchise. is just very special.
2: You mentioned you played with Craig Conroy and you're the last sort of holdover from his career. Is it odd at all that he's now the guy that you, he's your boss, so to speak? Yeah.
6: <laughs> no, I mean, uh, we have, a, you know, we have a good relationship always had. And, uh, I remember playing with Connie. He was the same kind of guy. You know, he was a leader on the team. You know, I really liked Connie back then. He was great to me and still today, he's so good to me. So, uh, and over the years, he's been up in uh, office and, you know, so the relationship has changed a little bit. But like you said, he's become more of a boss. And uh, since from day one, I always looked up to him coming in as a rookie. So, very thankful I got to play with him. And now that he's a GM here, that he wanted me to stay.
2: The biggest storyline
6: in camp and even just
2: being here for the day, I can tell... The vibe is different. Guys are smiling, they're laughing, they're joking. How different has it been for you just a week,
6: 10 days in from last year and, and how it unfolded? Well, I think every year, every team's excited coming to come in camp. Everyone's excited for a fresh year. But also this year, you can feel it's a little extra excitement in the group just knowing that guys want to show that we're better than last year. We have that chip on our shoulder and we want to prove that we can be better. And yeah, we, you know, always the same thing. When Whoever the new coach is, it's always a little bit of fresh energy coming in with a new coach, new GM. its uh, That also brings some energy. So it's a little bit mix of everything, I think. It's such a big
2: year for the Calgary Flames. You guys want to compete. You want to be right in the thick of things. But at the same time, you mentioned you you were one of those guys that was a a pending unrestricted free agent this year heading into the last year of your deal. As someone that's now committed for the next few years, are you going to now be Craig Conroy's biggest salesman (laughs) and recruiter. Like how will you be at, you know, in a lighthearted way, but just chirping guys like, Hey, this is come on, sign up.
6: Well, I had some good talks with the guys and, uh, you know, I don't want to put too much pressure on this, their, their career, their life, but you know, I like to all them to stay here and think they're great players and teammates. So I want to keep them all. And I don't know if that's Positive with the salaries, but you no, know, that's his job. But I'm not going to put too much pressure on them. I, I hope they are happy that I committed and want to follow me. And I've had, you know, it sounds like most of them are excited to, that I'm staying and want to follow along.
2: So, what are the expectations for the Flames this year? What's the easiest way to sum it up? And how good can this team be? Last year, it felt like watching from afar that almost everything that could go wrong did. What's this year going to be like?
6: expecting we're coming in and uh playing some good hockey and are competing for a playoff spot uh it's a tight division, a lot of good teams and uh, I think it's going to be a race all the way till the end in our division so uh, but I think we have the potential to be a top three team in our division even win the division so um you know we'll we'll see it's going to be a, another long year and um hopefully at the end there we're uh, we're in the playoff spot and uh or maybe even w- winning the division and um once you get into playoffs you you know everything can happen so i think we definitely have the potential and the expectation should be to make the playoffs michael Backlund, newest captain of the calgary flames congratulations thank you yeah thanks
2: Jonathan, perhaps the easiest way to ask this question is Has Calgary met the real Jonathan Huberto yet?
3: Not yet. I mean, last year that we went wasn't myself. So I think yeah, this summer it was huge for me to come back and get my confidence back and my swag. And, you know, they're going to see the, the real Jonathan. And I'll just be myself. I think that's how I'm, I'm a good player. So that's what I want to do this year.
2: How different does this just a week of camp feel than last year?
3: All right, it is different. I mean, it's the environment is nice, and Aske is a great coach, and Connie, you know, he has a lot of energy, too, around it, so you can feel everybody's excited. Obviously, last year, we had a lot of expectation on our team. This year, I don't think that we have, you know, many, so I think it's just a good, good thing. We're going to be the underdog, and, you know, I think we have a lot of good players in this room, really good leaders, so I think we just got to play our own game, get an identity of our team, and be a hard team to play every night. So there were expectations on the team, but
2: also on you. New place for the first time in your career, big new contract that didn't even kick in yet, now starts now. Was any of that overwhelming at all?
3: No, I mean, there was a lot of things that was a factor, but I mean, I just wasn't, you know, I didn't have fun last year. So I think that's when I First time in my career, I kind of lost like the, you know, the, the passion a little bit to come to the ring and stuff like that. And the way I was playing on the ice, it was, <laughs> it wasn't me. And, you know, it kind of frustrated me. And after that, you know, I wasn't myself in the room too with the guys. And I know I'm a, you know, I can be a funny guy and be, be good to, to be around the guys. And I think this year, you know, I'm more myself and I try just to learn from last year and not, not to put that away, but just learn from it. And come back this year and be me, be a leader in this in this room. And at my age, I can be a leader and and do what what I do best.
2: When you are at your best, what does that feel like?
3: You know, are you in the zone? Is it a rhythm? Is it confidence? What is it? Yeah, it's confidence. Like you said, rhythm. I mean, you, you feel lighter on the ice, and you feel like you're jumping on the ice. My legs are are lighter. You know, last year was was heavy all the time and stuff like that. So it doesn't mean you're not. As in shape, I think it's just like mentally it drains you and then it gets to your body. So I think it's just to be free mentally and just go out there, have fun. And, you know, I every time I play, I like the guys to have fun on the bench, work hard, but you got to have fun at the same time. And I think that's for me that that's the key. And it's just to kind of go play hockey like, you know, we've been playing. Don't think about the contract. Don't think about anything else. Just go out there and do what you do best.
2: So, you mentioned Ryan Huska, and even though he's been here for a few years, we were just talking to Michael Backlund, and he's, he just was saying how different it feels. This is going to sound like a funny question for you, but how different will it be this year to just play in the proper position on the right side of the ice for you um, <laughs> as just a, a starting point? Like, did that make a difference last year?
3: Oh, yeah, obviously. I never played right side. So, I think the way you see the ice on the left side, you're just used to it, you know? And when you get on the right side, I mean, Obviously, you gotta be able to adjust. Yeah, he made it hard. Obviously, it wasn't going well, and then that happened. You know, made made it harder. But when you play in the NHL, you gotta be able to to adjust. But yeah, obviously, you need to get the the trust from from your coach. You know, I think ask like trust me, and you know until until he 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 doesn't. But I think for now, it's you know he wants me to be at my best, and he's gonna give me every chances to to be successful.
2: So we were asking before about the expectations for this team you mentioned underdog and this was a team last year that was picked to be you know right in the mix of things uh with a chance to win but for you personally like what and I'm not asking for a number but what is your expectation for yourself this year
3: I feel like the, I don't have any like I mean I got to be a really good player I think that's what that's what I've been the past few years Except last year, but uh, just be me and I know it's going to work out. I mean, I don't care about the stats. I never care about the stats. Like, I think they're going to come. If you play well, they're going to they're gonna come. So I think it's for me, I get a lot of opportunities usually, you know, on the power play, offensive uh, mindset. And, you know, if the coach lets you play like 20 minutes, that's, you know, for the top player usually, that's why you get minutes. You get more opportunity. When you get going in the first period, you get more ice time and stuff like that. And that's Do you play when, late in games? Late in games too, it's great. It's great to be out there. That's when you have a chance. But, you know, obviously you need to prove to the coach that you're ready to do that. And I think us knows I can do it, but I got to, you know, prove to him that I can certainly do it. So for a team that didn't make the playoffs, there weren't really that many roster changes. A lot of
2: guys are back. How good can this team be?
3: I think we're a good team. I mean, you know, we changed our D zone too. So I think that's going to help us to get the puck quicker and kind of transition is going to be, going to be better. So we have a, a lot of good players. I think, you know, last year, even at the year I went, like we were what, we two points out of the playoffs. Even if I felt like we were way, way out, I think we, we have a lot of guys that can be way better than last year. And I think if we all go together and play as a team, I think we can make some damage. Looking forward to seeing Jonathan Huberto introduce himself to Calgary,
2: really kind of maybe for the first time yes October 11th (laughs) best of luck
3: this year thank you Frank
2: thanks to Michael and Jonathan for joining the pod you know it was really jarring to hear Huberto say that really for the first time since he was a kid he didn't enjoy coming to the rink every day didn't enjoy playing hockey I think you're going to see a totally different Huberto this upcoming season After the break, I talked to Flames head coach, Ryan Huska, and general manager, Craig Connery.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
2: Craig, not a very active summer for the Calgary Flames in terms of many signings. You didn't have a ton of money to go around, but a really big, important piece of business gets done earlier this week for the Calgary Flames, re-signing Michael Backlund to an extension, and with that also uh, the captaincy as well, which is a pretty big moment for this franchise. For you, what does it feel like to get a really important piece like that done and checked off before the puck drops for the regular season?
5: You know, it takes a little weight off my shoulders. To get Michael signed, first of all, was huge. And then to know he was going to be the captain, and should have been the captain probably the last couple years, it sends the message to the team that, hey, we're here. We're trying to win. We're trying to be competitive. And last year, we weren't happy with where it went. But for him to kind of come back in the fold, I think sends a message to the rest of the room. And now being the captain, even more so.
2: Is he going to become essentially your biggest recruiter in terms of the other business that you need to get done? Is that your hope?
5: I think the players always
2: are. They have
5: those special bonds down in the room and and they know what we're trying to do here and they all want to be together and, you know, they have fun together and it seems like they're enjoying it. And, you know, that was one of the things in the summer you kind of wanted to see when everyone came back. I mean, we heard the rumblings at the end of the year, but I know what it's like. You're frustrated, you're not happy, you're disappointed with the season. So to have them all come back you know, we did a few changes. I know we can't do much in the, in the saddle dome, but the few changes we made have been a huge positive. The guys are excited about it, you know, kind of, uh, getting them all together. They went out to play golf and they've been together and they're having fun and they're on all their chats and, and they just seem like there's a real lightness in the room right now. And I think that's, that's a good sign. And hopefully uh, all the guys feel that. I mean, I feel it when I walk down there, but I'm hoping they feel the same.
2: So take me back to the summer. You're a few weeks on the job, and there's all this news flying around. So-and-so may be here, may not. To really, from your perspective, take a step back and kind of slow things down. You made the trade with Toffoli, but then, okay, here's what we have. Let's try and work towards where we want to get to in terms of keeping these guys. The only real way to do that is to have them come back and feel and see what it's like and how different it is.
5: Yeah, I mean, we can... Tell him it's going to be different. We're, you know, Ryan and I were trying to explain what it's going to be like. I do want to have fun. I want to have fun, but it's a highly competitive business we're in. So we're going to have fun, but we're going to work. You know, I think you can do both at the same time. And you know, that was kind of the message. And you know, in the end, it's about winning games. We have to win games. And I believe, you know, last year at times, and to a man, when I talked to him, they weren't happy with their season. Even Backlund who had a career year was not happy with the season disappointed. So everybody had that sour taste in their mouth at the end of the season. And you know, I, I heard all the stuff out there, but I talked to the guys. It wasn't quite like people think behind the scenes. It's just, where are we going, Craig? What are we doing? How is it going to be different? What are we going to do to kind of change things up? And, and those are hard because you'd like to say, well, We'd like to get guys signed, but someone has to take that first step. And for us, it was Backlund took it and, you know, having him in the fold and, and you're right, he's going to be the guy that's, you know, probably our best salesman down in that locker room.
2: So because of, you know, getting someone to take that first step, why was Backlund the right guy? Is it his standing in the market, his tenure here? What is it about his personality that you sought him out first?
5: First, I, I mean, I play with backs, you know, this is the last person we are kind of connected in that. And we've known each other for a long, long time now. I mean, since he's been 18, 19 years old, it's so I've seen him grow, see what he's like as you know, from kind of the young man he was when he got here, always polite respectful, very quiet in the room to where he's taken that leader position. I mean, he will confront guys. He will push guys. He will go in and see the coach. You know, his one thing is he wants to win. He wants to be here and wants to be part of the winning. So that's all part of it. And then what he does off the ice is a whole nother level. What he does in this community is second to none. So I think when you have a guy, and I've talked about having young players in the lineup and trying to get these young players in, There's nobody to set a better example than Michael Backlund moving forward. You know, I know it's a three-year, you know, this year and two more, but that's what we want people to see. The way he is in the gym, I mean, second-best-shaped guy in camp, Dubé always seems to edge him out, yeah, yeah, just by a little bit, but it was nose and nose, but, you know, that's what you want. He does everything right off the ice, in the community, and on the ice. So it was an important piece for me, and hopefully –
2: that translates into
5: other guys feeling the same way.
2: I'm just here for one practice, but you can tell the guys are talking, they're banging their sticks. There's just a different vibe here. How has Ryan Huska contributed to that and and why was he the right guy to make it so different?
5: You know, I think the one thing I, I got to see Ryan and junior and, you know, in Kelowna. So you're watching him there. Then you're watching him coach our American League team. And then here, I mean, he had, a, as an assistant coach, you have, hey, he's got different ideas. He's got things he would like to do differently. You know, if anybody knows what was going on last year down that locker room, he had the best feel. So it was his time, his time to take over the reins and what he was wanted to do as far as defensive zone, changing the offensive, everything. Those were all little things that I thought, I totally agree. I, I feel the exact same way. So he touched all those bullet points in, in his presentation to me, and I just thought, you know, and knowing his personality, yeah, he still can be hard. I think people see him back there kind of stoic, you know, quiet, but as an assistant coach, but he's got an edge to him because, like I, I told him, there's lots of things that I like about what Daryl does, and there's things I didn't like what Daryl did, but he holds people accountable. You know where you stand with Daryl, and I said, I think that's still important. You know, we, we can't just – the fun part, I want to have fun. They're having fun out there. They're joking around. They're shooting. They're doing whatever, and they're having a good time. And off the ice, I want the same thing. But doesn't matter if you don't win. No.
2: Because no one's going to have fun then.
5: No, you have to win. And and the coach has to hold people accountable and put them to a higher standard. But also explain to them. I mean, you, you don't want that gray area, black and white. Players love that, and I think Ryan can do that.
2: So with some limited changes to the roster, this is a team that many had picked a year ago to be competitive and to challenge for not just the playoffs, but to go on a deep run. And a lot of things happened uh, along the way that contributed to that. It almost felt like everything that could go wrong last year did. Why is this group as constituted? Why do they have your belief that they can now get back to that level?
5: Well, the first things I think the changes we've made you know, to the coaching staff you know, I think we brought in a couple of new outside fresh faces. I mean, I think Mark Zavard working on the power play, you know, he's uh, playing with savvy. It's all about offense, creativity, and just to hear his meetings and uh, kind of the response the guys have, he wants you to make plays. He wants you to get outside your comfort zone with able to do things. And he's got tons of ideas. So I think that's a big thing. I think just having guys that are motivated, talking to him this summer, There's nothing like a guy that feels like he let everyone down last year, and that was to a man. So, you know, Jacob Markson was on the ice way earlier than he was normally. You know, he's focused. He's dialed in. He's on a mission. You know, and I think talking to Huberto, same thing. He feels more comfortable here now. He knows what to expect in a Canadian market. He's on a mission. You know, and I think the same with Wieger. I think Kadri had a great year the first half and maybe down the stretch it tailed off a little bit. He played a lot of hockey, you know, so not to make an excuse, but if he gets back to that level where he was, we have Lindholm and, and just the group. I mean, our defensive core was Zdorov, Wieger, Hannafin. I mean – of I just look at it and think there's more to give from each guy. And if we just do a little bit, I'm not saying one person has to carry it. As a group and a team, we pull together, and we're all pulling in the same direction. I, I believe we're a playoff team.
2: You mentioned your decor, and one of the big pieces that was missing last year was Oliver Shillington. What's his status so far in camp?
5: You know, Oliver. Uh, he, he came over. He's he's going through some things right now. So we want to be private with Oliver and you know, we're here to support him. That's, that's all we can do. And he wants to be here. He wants to be part of it. But right now we have to do uh, what's best for him, him and his family.
2: If you can get him back at some point, how key of a piece would he? I just saw even last season, some workout video, like he looks like he's physically close to being ready to go.
5: Oh yeah. I mean, he's definitely physically ready to go. You know, we just got to get him over uh, a few things that he's, he's dealing with and, we're going to give him the full support as a team and myself and you know everybody in the organization. You know we want nothing but the best for Oliver.
2: Got to ask about your goaltending situation. You mentioned Jacob Markstrom and and the bounce back year that you're hoping for and expecting. You've also got a few guys behind him that are really intriguing, good goaltenders in Vladar and also uh, Wolf. You've mentioned before that you feel like Wolf has. Earned a look, earned an opportunity with his play at the AHL level. The numbers speak for themselves. Where where do you see things in camp? We're only a week in, but how does that look?
5: You, every day in practice, you watch all three goalies, and they're dialed in. You know, I think when you see Vladar going to Seattle, some of the saves, winning the game, and I'm thinking we're in a good spot. I feel very comfortable with our goaltending. You know, obviously it's a position of power or good feelings for me right now so you know I'm not going to rush and do anything I want to make sure the one thing about having a young goaltender you still want him to play you know he needs to play and just sit on the bench and watch and practice is it's a learning experience but you also need to get that game time so with Dustin being able to not have waivers he waivers exempt so to be able to go down I mean we're in a good situation with the three goalies and you just feel like you don't want to hurt yourself by just making a move to make a move
2: so if I'm reading between the lines, the smart money would be on Wolf playing for the Wranglers to start, and then you figure it out from there?
5: I think so. I mean, if I have to be, you know, if I was looking right now today, I mean, I think the two guys that were here in the years past are, they're really dialed in. I mean, they look sharp. Uh, so it's, it's tough to say we're going to change something, but you know, you know how things happen.
2: There's injuries for other teams and, and there's things and you're always looking at all your options one piece of the Toffoli trade that I guess league-wide hasn't really received a ton of attention, but even just watching him today, like he's got wheels and he can shoot. Sharon Govich, what have you seen from him? And is he sort of a potential under-the-radar guy that's going to be a big contributor for this team?
5: I think so. I mean, you know, talking to Ryan, uh, he watched a lot of games in the summer to see what his game was like. Obviously he didn't see him as much out in the East, but you know, so when he was putting the lines together to see Huberto, you know, Lindholm and Sharon Govich, you're like, Oh, this is this could be good. I, I assume, uh, you know, he's pretty excited. He's getting power play time here in, in, during training camp, and he's a great penalty killer. I mean, that's the one thing. We really liked him on the penalty kill. You know, we're always looking to approve, getting younger, and uh, he's a guy that I have high expectations for. And I think with added ice time and the guy he's going to play, he's going to get a great opportunity here in Calgary.
2: It's going to be interesting to see how that all comes together, even just something as simple as using a Jonathan Huberto in the correct position might, that might help uh, as a start, but to wrap, like this is a year, your mission and mandate is to win and compete. What's the easiest way to sum up the expectations for the Calgary Flames?
5: You know, I think I like that we're uh, underdogs this year, honestly, like people don't expect much from us. I expect a lot myself. I think the guys do. But until you start playing games and really see where this group kind of comes together, uh, you know, we're all waiting to see. I like what I'm seeing now. I like the, how the close unity they seems like the guys have, and they're enjoying each other, and they're having fun. And I think Husk and the staff are helping with that. And the little changes we've made around the Dome, I think of saying, hey, these guys are trying to change things up. They're not just talking about it. They're showing us they're doing it. So we want to continue that process. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes game one against Winnipeg
2: all of the building blocks being put in place. Craig Conroy, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. It's always refreshing to talk to Craig Conroy. He pulls no punches and He's just an honest, really impressive guy to talk to. You know, he entered the job under duress. Think about the situation. He's trying to put his stamp on the Calgary Flames. One of his mentors in Brad Tree Living is out the door. He had been with the Flames as a player, a captain, and longtime front office member. And all of a sudden, the first thing we hear in multiple reports before heading to the draft in Nashville was that a lot of the Flames pending UFAs could be on their way out of town. It took a little while for Craig Conroy to calm things down, but they've gotten there and now with Backlund resigned, certainly have taken a lot of the pressure and heat off as Backlund will now become his biggest salesman inside the Flames locker. Here's the man he hired to lead the Flames in the 23-24 season, Ryan Hussman. Ryan, first training camp as an NHL head coach. What has the first
4: week been like? It's been busy. Uh, I talked to Hack in Seattle, and first thing he asked was, how's the grind? <laughs> Is it different? Yeah, it's different for sure. I think as uh, sitting in the head coach chair... Um, You're responsible for putting everything together, and that's all the players that are on the roster. So you're putting your groups together, your line pairings and and defensive pairings for all three groups. So uh, as an assistant coach, I think it's more about, okay, this is what we're doing. Let's go with it. So now you're, of course, you're right, um, more so in the mix, working with Craig a little bit more. So it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I think our guys have been very receptive, and they've worked really hard to start with. So uh, we're feeling it's a pretty positive start. So you've worked
2: your way to this level, been at all the different stops along the way. Has Is it what you thought it might be?
4: Yeah. I mean, you know, when I first came up as an assistant coach, the first little bit, you do a lot of looking around. I mean, I was never an NHL player. So when I wasn't good enough to... To get to the NHL as a player, you shift gears a little bit, so I wanted to get there as a coach. When you first get there, there's that kind of aha moment that you're in the NHL and you're wide-eyed. But I was fortunate to work with some really good people along the way, um, and then you feel comfortable really quickly. Um, Mark Giordano was one of the defensemen here to start with, and it could have made a transition difficult for a guy. Um, that hadn't played in the NHL before, but Mark was there. And whatever he needed, he was willing to do, and he helped bring everybody along to make that transition seamless. So when you get people like that that you have a chance to work with player-wise and then um, the group that's here coach-wise, management-wise, it it makes it much easier for sure.
2: So speaking of being here, you have been with this team for the last few years. Talking to Jonathan Hubert today, Michael Backlund, they were just saying how different the vibe is here. People are smiling, they're laughing. It's lighter. There's definitely an, a competitive edge and and guys know that the goal is to come here to win and compete. Yep. But as someone that was here and you want to put your own stamp on things, how difficult is that transition from being the assistant to then saying, okay, this is kind of how I want to do things?
4: I don't necessarily think that part of it's the transition part of it's difficult. I, I think as a coach. You are who you are. And there's certain things that you believe in along the way. So I want guys to understand that when they come to the rink, this is a place they want to enjoy being at. At the same time, they have to come to the rink with a focus, knowing that My job is to make sure I'm getting better every day and I have to help push the people around me. So if you can get them to the point where they love being here and they still have that competitive fire in them where they're pushing each other all the time, that's ultimately what we want to try to create. So it's something that you have to stay on every day for sure. And there's most definitely going to be a lot of ups and downs along the way. But our job as a coaching staff is to make sure that we're the leaders in regards to how we expect the players to be.
2: Talking to Craig Conroy, he was saying that as part of the interview process, the way you see the game and the way you see this team, you guys are on the same page, which yeah. is is huge. Tell us what that is. Like, what is your, in a nutshell, your vision of how the Calgary Flames play?
4: Yeah, I I think a tougher question again, um, and I've learned along the way from working with some great coaches that you do not win in this league or anywhere if you can't keep the puck out of your net. So there needs to be priority placed on how you play in your own zone. And then for us, I think it's about trying to become a team that anticipates, um, Um, change the possession a little bit better so we can speed up the pace of our play. In a nutshell, really, that's what it becomes about getting the guys to understand the importance of as soon as we get the puck, you have to think about getting to that other end as quick as you can and ultimately getting that puck and bodies to the net. So it's, it's understanding the importance of being strong defensively, but giving them a little bit more freedom to generate offense, as long as they have the mindset that we have to do this very quickly.
2: Boiling it down Defensive zone is—is is it a significant change from last year?
4: You know, it's funny. There's some. It's subtle, been a big
2: storyline so far in camp.
4: You know, I, I have a feeling it's a big storyline in most cities. Um, I think a lot of teams are going to be uh, making subtle tweaks to their defensive zone coverage, and I think that's because the NHL is a bit of a copycat league. So they see teams that won this past year. Uh, you always look to see what the team that wins how they're playing, and you try to take some things from those teams and try to integrate them into your system a little bit without changing it too much. Because at the end of the day, the group that we had here last year was three points out of a playoff spot and we were very close. And we had some guys that would tell you to a man that they didn't play to their, expectations and what they felt like they were capable of. So we don't feel like we have to make a lot of tweaks. We feel like we just have to challenge them as a group to be better. And then the other big thing for us that we saw a little bit of what we're working on today is we have to be a a better team in extra time. So in overtime and if games get to a shootout, we have to put some priority on those because, as I said, we missed by three points and we were in a significant amount of one-goal games this past year. We have to find a way to flip the script, script there a little bit.
2: System, structure, X's and O's are important, but I feel like the best coaches in this league really find a way to connect with their players and, as you mentioned, kind of squeeze the most out of them when yeah. they have that competitive fire, the confidence that comes with that. When you set foot in here to start camp, like, what's your message? Do you have to wipe the slate clean of last year? Because this is mostly the same roster. It's yeah. different than some teams. You miss the playoffs eight new guys are in that's not really the case here
4: no and and that's true and i think part of that job was done over the summer in those initial conversations that you do have with your players and then it's about reminding some of them the type of player that they are and how good they can be and how our staff is going to help get them back to the level that we expect them to be at and what they expect of themselves so really that's it is you work with them to try to find what they're looking for, what we're looking for. You try to find a way to mold it together to put the best product on the ice.
2: So what are the expectations this year?
4: As, as always, we have high expectations here because we think we have a team that's very competitive. I mentioned that we were just shy last year of what we wanted to get. But every year you go into it, I think you have to have a focus on trying to be the best team you possibly can be but also you want to get your mindset on the playoffs. I don't think you can look too far down the road beyond that, but you want to give yourself a chance. So that's why every day is real important because you have to find a way to be in one of the top eight spots.
2: Is there a little underdog mentality here? Last year you guys had a ton of expectations.
4: Ton of them. I think if you were probably to ask the players this year, they probably feel that way a little bit more than they did last year. That's a good thing. There's a lot of talk about other teams um, in our division, in our conference. And, you know, when you're a competitor, as much as they say they don't listen to the media or read reports, they do. They know what's going on. So it's competitive. Like they want to be considered one of the better teams. And if this is the way that can help motivate them along the way, then we can be classified as an underdog. That's totally fine with us.
2: Ryan, looking forward to seeing you put your stamp on the Calgary Flames this year. Best of luck.
4: Thank you for having me, Frank.
2: Underdog. You heard that word come up a few times with a number of different flames players and executives in our chats and it's interesting because the outside perspective really outside of calgary is that the flames are a talented team that underachieved last year yet inside the flames own market in calgary they feel like underdogs because there really aren't very many expectations for this team that not just underachieved but many flames fans felt they quit on this team last year can the players find a way to rejuvenate themselves in the market Can the players find a way to rejuvenate their careers and seasons with a lot on the line, not just for the organization, but also for the players themselves, many of them entering contract years. On Monday's episode, we talked to two key figures in the Edmonton Oilers organization as our Western Canadian training camp tour rolls on, and they'll discuss their expectations for the club and the changes they've made to take Edmonton to the next level. As we wrap, I wanted to take a minute to remember Chris Snow an absolute inspiration and gone way too soon at the age of 42. His battle with ALS was so incredibly courageous, not just the chance to speak out and to raise awareness, but to raise funds and to make a difference in the lives of others that are diagnosed with this awful disease. Not only did Chris vastly exceed the expectations that doctors set for him, giving him one year to live, He survived more than four years with ALS, but his work in taking experimental drugs and therapies to try and beat ALS is certainly going to live on. And it's not just that. Chris leaves a huge hole in the Calgary Flames organization as someone that everyone looked up to in his fight against ALS. And we're all going to miss Chris Snow. Sending my sincere condolences to the friends and family of Chris Snow. I thought it was fitting to leave you this week with an excerpt from Kelsey Snow's podcast, Sorry I'm Sad, Episode 5, The Bubble Bursts.
7: But I wanted to end today, and I'm definitely going to cry when I tell you this, just by telling you how much I loved your smile and how I hope that you know when I look at you I still see exactly you who you've always been to me you haven't changed in my mind and you know I think I've said this before but the first thing that I noticed about you and the first thing I loved about you was your smile you know and I got that smile for 15 years and when I close my eyes I so easily see you smiling and I can even hear the way your voice changed when you smiled And that picture is so embedded in my mind. And the reason it is, is because of how often you smiled and how quick you were to smile. So I hope you know that you gave me enough smiles to last a lifetime. And that I don't need your smile. I just need you. But I'll always miss that smile. And also, we have a nine-year-old boy that we see every day who... (laughs) has that exact same smile. And people tell us all the time the exact same thing. I am certain they told your parents. And that's why he has a great smile. So we see it every day in Cohen. And these are things that, you know, will always be a process for us. I think the the thing to remember is that it's okay to say that we miss these things and that we're grateful for what we have.
3: Well, thank you. (laughs) The the three of you have the most wonderful smiles. <laughs> and to see them brings you great joy and to to know that you and them look at it and see that mm-hmm. is what makes home such a comfortable place. Mm-hmm. Because to be honest, to go into the world each day and to not look like yourself you naturally ask yourself what are they thinking how do they see and at home I never ever think that yeah so thank you
7: of course here's a cool fact
0: But there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under